0: When it comes to wings, everyone knows size does matter. No one knows it better than Wings Etc. Grill & Pub in Niles. Wings Etc. has the biggest, meatiest, award-winning jumbo wings in town. Choose from a wide selection of signature wing sauces, including our crazy hot habanero wall sauce. If you love wings and a whole lot more, come to Wings Etc. Niles to watch your favorite sports all year long. Wings Etc. Niles, official game fuel for high school sports. Find us at 2008 South 11th Street in Niles or online at WingsETC.com for the best in high school sports, RC Sportscasting.
1: And welcome to another RC SportsCasting podcast, Coach's Corner Edition. We are in week two of the 23 regular season. And we are live here at Wings, et cetera, to talk to our area coaches. Actually, um, we already have talked with uh, Coach Shaw. We will bring that interview. We had to interview him via telephone um, due to him having practiced literally as we speak. We'll also talk with Coach Justin Kinsey and Coach Mark Fry. Let's go to the scoreboard from last Thursday uh, before we get into our show. Obviously, all of our teams played on Thursday night for the Labor Day weekend. This week, we'll get back to reality, and everybody will be traditional Friday night lights starting this week. But going back to the scoreboard from last Thursday, Brandywine got their first win of the season as they blank Cassopolis 44 to nothing. Lakeshore knocks off the Niles Vikings as the Vikings suffer a tough one after blowing out St. Joe in week one. Lakeshore scores late, trailing 14-7. The Lancers scored late and decided to go for two for the win versus trying to go to overtime. They make it, and they defeat the Vikings 15-14. Buchanan, they got on the win track as well as they got their first win of the season as they routed Coloma 35-6. Edwardsburg now 0-2 on the season, but to their defense, their first two games have been murdered. This week, uh, last week, I should say, it was Chelsea as Chelsea defeated the Eddies 27 27- to 14. How about the DeWajak Chieftains? They got one of their biggest wins, probably they've had in a couple of years, as they defeat Waterville Elite 33 to 14. Pawpaw takes it to Berrien Springs, as it was all Pawpaw over the Shamrocks 42 to 6. And Benton Harbor knocks off Constantine 22 to 16. That's another kind of surprise score from last Thursday. So those are our scores from our area teams, as once again, we are live here at Wings, etc. for our weekly Coach's Corner podcast, and I thought uh, we're waiting for Coach Kinsey to show up, so I thought it would be a great time to bring in Jeremy Bales from Wings, etc., and Jeremy, he has been a supporter of RC Sportscasting since I started, so first and foremost, not only thank you for hosting Coach's Corner, but thank you for, always oh, you've been a supporter of me and what we do here from day one, I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome, Rob, it's been my pleasure to uh, be able to uh, help out. Well, it is Labor Day Monday, and you are absolutely packed here tonight. I was flabbergasted. And not that you're normally dead, but for a holiday weekend, I think I think a lot of people's like, I don't want to cook tonight. Let's just go out and eat. Yeah, I think the weather has played a factor. People are
2: tired of cooking out, so they, uh, they came out uh, tonight. Uh, so, yeah, it's nice to see the uh, good crowd on a Monday night.
1: You get really, um, I, I think from your location here in the township, you really get Every time I come down here, it's not just Brandywine. Obviously, you're right here in in Brandywine's backyard, but this place is full of Niles Viking people. It's full of – I'm really shocked at how many Buchanan people come over here along with Edwardsburg. You you get them from really all four of our our local schools. Yeah, it is.
2: It's nice to see. Um, Luckily, we haven't had any major fights between uh, teams, but, uh, yeah. It's come close. (laughs) Yeah, we've had a few – Little few food fights and some <laughs> straws thrown, but, um, but yeah, it's it's nice to see the local uh student athletes, especially coming in uh, after games and, uh, and and supporting us.
1: And I like how too. You've always have you got all that. You've kind of each school's kind of got their own little corner. You've got um, athletic jerseys that have been donated to you by the schools, football helmets and whatnot. So it's kind of an added twist that gives it the little local flavor compared to I think. I don't see that in any of the yeah. other wings et cetera establishments
2: yeah I always uh when I opened i I wanted to have you know support the local high schools and uh, give them kind of their own little corner uh, yeah to to show my support and you know give them a place to kind of hang out and uh, be represented in the school that they uh, attend
1: I was here eating dinner the other night and I was sitting and staring right in my face was Lonnie Jones's Niles jersey the old number 32 and I had to take a picture and send it to <laughs> yeah. him yeah it's like I feel like I'm in the presence of greatness eating my dinner tonight Lonnie and so but uh, even to have a jer- his jersey here um is kind of cool too Jeremy how long have you been here now we've been here uh 16 years it was 16 years in April wow uh, it's,
2: a, it's amazing <laughs> time flies um but uh but yeah it's it's been uh it's been great um like i said been able to uh support the you know the local uh athletic teams and schools um you know josh hood was just telling me the other day he was sitting here looking and he's like we need to get you some new uh updated jerseys these are kind of old and yeah for we sure were, we were looking at the uh, varsity girls basketball team i believe it was his first year um that yeah. he that he came and uh
1: but in some regards too, though it's kind of cool to see some of the throwbacks, though. Yeah, it I, is. Kinda and like I that. don't
2: think he he wanted that to come down, but he I think he wants to add some new ones and some of the uh, the jerseys that you know don't necessarily have any sentimental value. Um, right. Maybe replace them with some newer ones.
1: Well, I know if in time we're gonna have to get you a new Brandywine helmet because you've got you've got a somewhat recent one up there, but uh, they're they're changing colors. And, and going, you know, to the Vegas gold. So we're, we're probably definitely going to have to do some major brand Brandywine upgrades. Oh, yeah. As, as they're changing their the, – the athletic yellow gold is, is no more, and it's all Vegas gold. So it's all Boston College-esque. Yeah, that will be, be nice to get some updated uh, equipment. From here on out. Jeremy, 16 years. It doesn't even seem possible that you've been here that long. Do you have any staff members that have been with you the entire time? I do. And if so – I'll give you this opportunity to to bring attention to them. So uh, my daytime
2: Monday through Friday uh, lunch crew, um, the the two servers and the bartender, have all been with me the whole time.
1: Since day one. Who who are they?
2: Dina, uh, Becca, and uh, Heather um, are the three uh, daytime uh, employees that have been with me uh, from the beginning. Um, I also have a couple – They're now part-time, but they have worked either full-time or part-time the whole 16 years. Um, Shannon, uh, she still works uh, one night a week for me, but she's been with me uh, the whole 16 years. Um, My manager, Jesse, started out uh, with me in the kitchen 16 years ago. Uh, He's now an assistant manager. Um, Two of my cooks have been with me for 15 and a half of the 16 years. So that's that's quite an accomplishment there. You know, it,
1: it's an accomplishment. It's a testament to you as well. I mean, to keep, especially nowadays. I mean, to keep any employee for for sixteen weeks, yeah. let alone sixteen years. I mean, that that's a huge testament to what Wings has to offer. I mean, that that's that's unbelievable. I mean, honestly, that it's that's unbelievable to keep that many employees. For that long a time, especially from what we went through. I mean, yeah, with COVID. Go, with COVID. I mean, my God, and for you guys to, for you to be able to retain those people, um, that's amazing. Yeah, we, uh, we did
2: not lose any employees during COVID either. When we reopened, granted, it was restriction with the restrictions. Um, we had all of the front of house and back of house employees that I
1: had prior to the shutdown. So I did not lose any employees. You were definitely the first place that when you were at least were able to open up for carryout, you, yeah. you were definitely the first ones that, that I came to that had that type of, you know, um, and, and for you to even just survive as a business, let alone to retain all your people, that that's amazing. And and another thing, too, is you have a lot of, I think another thing that I've noticed over the years from knowing you and being in here is that you have a lot of high school kids as your, as a lot, part of your staff as well very much like Shelton's just down the road, Yeah. very work with their schedules because these kids, they're in athletics and a lot, of them, and are a lot of them extracurricular activities. But you have a lot of high school kids working here for you, too, on a part-time basis.
2: So, yeah, it's n- nice to see the athletes. And uh, some of the best employees that I've had, you know, hostesses and uh, even kitchen staff, have been student athletes at the local, you know, high schools, um,
1: well, as a coach, we always say that the most coachable athletes become the most employable adults, and they are. Yeah, <laughs> it's and it's it's funny how that works out.
2: Um, you know, it's it's amazing how. Yeah, sometimes I think back to when I was in high school. I'm like, I don't know how these kids do it, and a lot of them are the 4.0 students too. I had two valedictorians from Brandywine that worked for me. They played sports, and they had a 4.0. You know, or. GPA, so it's they amazing. were co-valedictorians of Brandywine, played sports, and they worked for me.
1: Well, that's a testament to them and to their parents as well. Um, not to put you on the spot, but I guess, I mean, you're also, you, you're you a diehard listener. You know, you're always commenting on Facebook and stuff. What Are are there some certain games that kind of come back to, you know, I, that you remember, like, maybe being here and listening to? I mean, uh, You know... Uh, I guess I, I put them on the spot. Yeah, <laughs>
2: not not a, a specific uh, game, but I I always enjoy, uh, especially in basketball season, uh, you know, listening to the games, especially the ones I've been to and seeing your perspective.
1: Right. And and you know, and you know the names, you know the yeah. faces so as, as work and from a basketball standpoint, the names that Derek and I are mentioning out, yeah. you know exactly who we're talking about. You you picture the face with them.
2: Yeah, football season's is a little more difficult. Um, I try to follow it, but we're obviously busier here in the restaurant during football season. Um, I
1: really liked last year coach Kinsey kind of well got himself in, inducted in here real quick as both him and coach Gage they wanted to make sure they got on the wall of flame. Oh yeah. Real uh, quick.
2: Coach Kinsey is a, <laughs> is a good customer of ours. So uh, I uh, I enjoy seeing him. I don't don't get to talk to him a, a whole lot, but he does uh come in here and he, he's a good customer of ours. And,
1: well, Jeremy, once again, I can't thank you enough, once again, not only for hosting this event and being the host of Coach's Corner, but for everything you've done for me. You've never said no to me. Anytime I've ever asked you for sponsorship, you've always said yes, never hesitated, and um, especially, you know, post-COVID, um, you know, I, I'm fully understandable if sometimes you got to say no, but you never do, and I appreciate that. I thank you.
2: Well, oh, you're welcome, and, uh, you know, I couldn't do it without the support of the community, um, you know, especially the, the Niles, Brandywine, uh, you know, Buchanan, like you said, Edwardsburg. Uh, we even sometimes get some uh you know, students that come down here, and so, you know, without the support of the local you know, right. community, I wouldn't be able to support you um, and what you do. But, you know, it's great to be able to support you and, uh, you know, listen to your, uh, you know, broadcasts and uh like i said gives me a, some of the games that i go to then i i'll listen to them later and yeah. uh I, I get the your perspective of what i just
1: watched right so it's, right it's, it's neat well thank you very much i appreciate it so, thank you very much all right jeremy bales the owner here at the niles wings etc we'll take a break we'll come back we will talk with Brandywine football coach justin kinsey about the bobcats first win over cassopolis Live here at Wings Etc. for Coach's Corner on RC Sportscasting. We'll
0: be right back. When it comes to wings, everyone knows size does matter. No one knows it better than Wings Etc. Grill & Pub in Niles. Wings Etc. has the biggest, meatiest, award-winning jumbo wings in town. Choose from a wide selection of signature wing sauces, including our crazy hot habanero wall sauce. If you love wings and a whole lot more, come to Wings Etc. Niles to watch your favorite sports all year long. Wings Etc. Niles, official game fuel for high school sports. Find us at 2008 South 11th Street in Niles or online at WingsETC.com.
1: And we are back, once again, live at Wings, Etc. cetera. Uh, Coach Mark Fry of the Buchanan Bucks could not make it. Um, as, as Coach Shaw from the Niles Vikings, they took advantage of, well, I wouldn't say take advantage, but due to the high heat today being Labor Day, um, they decided to have actually um, practice as we speak. So he is literally um, over at Memorial Field practicing Right now, but the Bucks they got their first win of the season last week as they defeated Coloma by the score of 35 to six, in dominating fashion, and um, their Redbud Fitness Player of the Game was Nico Finn. four touchdowns on the day, two rushing, one receiving, and he also had a pick six, so not a bad day for Nico Flynn, and that is your Redbud Fitness Bucks Player of the Game. For last week's uh, Buchanan win over Coloma, thirty-five to six. I also um, asked Coach Fry about, you know, if he wanted anything special mentioned. He just wanted to make he wanted to thank everyone who came out to support the whole team that made the Galeen night. as actually last week they paid tribute to the the old Galeen Gales, as you know, twenty some years ago they closed down and pretty much all of their kids came to Buchanan. So in tribute to that, Buchanan wore. Uh, the old royal blue Galeen Gales uh, jersey along with their They wore their traditional helmets, but they did wear um, the Galeen jersey. So I thought that was kind of something you don't really see very often um, at high school level to to do something like that. But uh, we talked last week. Coach Fry, great class act guy, and I thought that was very classy and paying tribute um, to Galeen that way. And um, So that is that this week they have a very – uh, tough competition as they're going to play um, at Kent. Actually, they're playing Kent City. It's not going to be at Kent City. They're actually going to meet midway. They're going to play at Hope College um, this Friday. So best of luck to the Bucks and um, trying to get to two and one on the season. And they they uh, they don't have a very easy schedule because they're playing Kent City this week. Then they're on the road at Bent Harbor. We just said had a big win over. Um, Constantine, they're on the road there, and as we all know, playing at Bent Harbor is not an easy task. And then they'll be home for the Brandywine Bobcats. I'll be in their next home game here in a couple weeks. So that is your Buchanan uh, update for this week. Um, next week, things will get back to normal. We'll have all three coaches in house to talk about each of their games. So you just have to bear with us um, this week, and um, we'll, we'll actually we'll talk. I did have have a chance to talk to Coach Shaw, the Niles Vikings. Um, via telephone earlier today and recorded that conversation. We will play that for you after a bit. But right now we do have live in person the head coach of the Brandywine Bobcats, Justin Kinsey. And, Coach, kind of a big sigh of relief as you come off of a very tough loss to Waterville Valley in week one in a game that you outplayed Waterville Valley, But um, six turnovers, you're not going to beat many teams with six turnovers, and, you know, you lose 19-6. to six. We always say the, the biggest improvement is always from week one to week two. And, boy, did you have an improvement because on both sides of the ball because not only did you get the shutout in the 44-0 win, but offensively it seemed like every touchdown was scored by somebody different, and you also scored a defensive touchdown. Um, just, I mean, the, spread the wealth galore. It was an equal opportunity scoring threat for the Bobcats last Thursday.
3: Yeah, for sure, and you know that's that's by design. Um, you know, the I always joke, um, I always joke that the uh, the triple option is the the true spread because you know if you look at the spread offense, you know there's three or four guys getting the ball all the time. You know, holy cow, we had I'm looking, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. we had nine nine players record rushing yards. Um, that's not bad. <laughs> so we're uh, you know spreading the wealth, getting everybody involved. Um, and it was awesome because it's just, I think, as, as we start to kind of put our pieces together and get guys in the right spots and, um, you know, that, that scrimmage gets you ready to a certain extent, but at the same time, it isn't until you get to that first live game that you can kind of see, you know, where people's strengths are, where people's deficiencies are. Um, so it was just kind of awesome to, you know, just spend a week at work and have the, the coaching staff work so hard, you know, putting the, the pieces in the right place and then to see it all come to fruition on the field. Uh, yeah, we're definitely, we're not there yet, but we're certainly a lot closer than we were a week ago.
1: Okay, I coached with you last year. I know how true you are and how much the, the, the flex bone offense means to you and, and what your bread and butter that you want to do as as a coach, what you're naturally wanting to do schematically. Um, but to your credit, you've got some additional stat. Members to the football team that You need to spread the wealth a little bit Which means you're going to have to adapt the offense And boy did you do that And correct me if I'm I'm, I don't know I didn't look at no Stat book but I'm willing To say that you may have had As many Pass attempts In last week's win over Cass Than maybe you did all of last year in In the entire football season if not Very close Yeah, you threw the ball A lot which I was really, of course, with me being an offensive guru from a coaching standpoint, I mean, I, got, I, I have nothing against running it down your throat either, but I also like having a little fun and throwing the football. You did both last week.
3: Yeah, for sure, and I think, um, like you had mentioned, it is, um, you know, it's, I'm a big believer in the, uh, you know, Coach Yeoman from Houston um, one of, the, one of the things that I have saved on my computer, printed out, sitting on my bookshelf in my office, uh, is his playbook. And it says right in the first page of his playbook that every coach has to have a starting point. Every coach has to identify what is the thing that they truly believe in, um, and then they can basically expand out there. And I love the quote he puts in there, until a coach does that, all they're doing is calling plays. They're not running an offense. So what we do is we have, you know, we have our big five, just like any flex bone team does. We've got our big five plays. It's everybody's, everybody has the same big five. It's midline double, midline triple, triple, uh, the the inside veer, uh, rocket and our zone dive. And so we take those plays and then we put in complementary plays to all of those. But then on the flip side, you know, every single one of those plays we have that backside split end is going out to block a safety. Well, you know, holy cow, that certainly looks a little bit like a slant route if you kind of squint your eyes and look at it sideways, right? So, um, you know, just when we have the personnel to do certain things, it allows us to kind of expand that playbook a little bit. Um, You know, sometimes we show certain things on film that we want opponents to see. Sometimes we hide certain things. Sometimes we purposely give tendencies that we know we're going to take away the following week. Um, But when you have... You know, you have a bunch of hard nosed kids. You've got, you know, the old the guys that were with us all summer long are our pickup trucks. You know, they're our big wheel, muddy pickup trucks that they are just gonna grind out yards, they are gonna do work, they're gonna do what they need to do to make the you know, make the ball make the ball move. And, you know, having the uh, having the, the basketball players, you know, playing a little bit of a little bit of wide receiver, a little bit of X for us, you know, it, it it's easy for us to expand and put those guys in positions and we still I mean sure we might not be lining up in a flex bone as often as we normally do uh, but you know the the play sheets if you look at the the play sheets and hold them right next to each other blocking is the same the running assignments are the same Um, it allows us to really be true to who we are but then you know I mean it makes it a little bit more fun for our coaching staff on a Saturday and a Sunday and our coaching meetings drawn up what we're going to do each each given week.
1: Going back to last week, um, obviously a shutout Defense defensively dominated the game. Um, the, the first person that stands out in my mind is Gavin Schof. I mean, yeah. what? not only did he have an amazing game, it's like he was in the quarterback's face. Him and Brock Dye both were just <laughs> relentlessly in that ca- quarterback's face from Cassopolis. He was running for his life from both from Gavin and from both Brock Dye Um and then for Gavin then to get the, the, the scoop and score was, was icing on the cake. Oh, absolutely. I think, um,
3: you know, at the end of the game, I, you know, I made the comment to the team too that, you know, hey, uh, Gavin Chope just introduced himself to the Lakeland Conference. Um, you know, he did the same thing last year. He is, he's just such a strong kid. He's so aggressive. He has such a motor. We always laugh too, because when he tackles, I mean, he's he's basically out there doing his wrestling moves. I mean, he's he's out there, you know, darn near two leg takedowning people. I mean, it looks like watching him on a wrestling mat. Uh, But he's just he's such a tenacious, aggressive guy with such a high motor that it's really hard to block him. And first of all, you've got to commit more than one guy to try to block him. Sometimes teams have to keep somebody back from the backfield to you know help kind of chip him to keep him off the quarterback's back. but man, I mean he is he is definitely he's hard to hard for teams to to plan around. And same thing with with, with Brock coming off the edge is just the same thing, you know, we've got Schof kind of scrambling quarterbacks around and you know, he's sort of trapping them and forcing them into where Brock is at. Uh, but yeah, they're a really fun tandem to have on defense for sure.
1: And not that I told you so, but last year when you came aboard, <coughs> one of our first interviews <coughs> or conversation we had, I'm like, look, dude. This dude, Gavin Shove, can run the football. When we were talking about where we were wanting to put people offensively, I'm like, you got to look at Gavin Shove. Oh, absolutely. And he, and he got a lot of snaps last fr- last Thursday in at fullback, yep. you know, filling in for Carter Sebecki once the lead was established. And he showed what he can do running the football from the offensive side. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, you I, knew that, but I, yeah. I, I had to razz you. I had to razz you. Yeah, no,
3: we have, you know, it's funny because I know even like a, a Coach Moore, who's our quarterback coach, who, of course, is – you know, he's ecstatic to see us, you know, see Coach Kinsey uh, spreading the playbook a little bit. Um, but he said the same thing. He's like, we basically have, like, a team of fullbacks. So we do. I mean, we have, uh, you know, Carter Sebecki and Joe Frazier have both done such a great job. You know, we have Brock Dye playing either X or at the wing. And realistically, he could probably be a fullback in most other teams' uh, team schemes. And then we have between Gavin Shof and Josh Petrolia, you know, the two of them, they appear on the depth chart. And I, you know, I mean, realistically, we can put a 52 or a 51 back there. We, you know, we don't send them out on routes. Um, so he can take a handoff and he can block from back there. Um, but it definitely, it, it's nice to be able to, you know, for especially just for a senior, when we had a game that was under control, it was nice to be able to get him on the field and get him some carries and let him have a little bit of fun. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we were. Kind of, you know, doing a little bit of a job interview, like, all right. So when the the bullets are flying and the back's against the wall, is this something that we could do, and you know, actually use it as an effective part of our offense? And I think he definitely showed he's he's got a motor. They blew that play dead, and he had just broken the last tackle in his defense. I told him, was "Like, you took too long to get north. That was your that was your <laughs> fault. You got to get those tackles off quicker and get north." And he did. He shed probably five tackles on that one run just for the referee to blow it
1: dead as he broke the last tackle. So from an offensive weapon standpoint, I mean now you're getting to the point where you know, last year it was okay, we gotta get the ball in Six's hands. We've got to get my you know, the ball into Michael Palmer's hands. This year, I mean, you've just got a loaded arsenal, especially now with the ads of, of the Palmer twins and and Nylon mm-hmm. and and Robert and, and then you oh, not to mention you've got Carter Sebecki back there. Oh, not to mention you've got Caden Warfield. Oh, not to mention you have Brock Dye. I mean it's which is awesome, you know, because now from from a def, from an opponent standpoint, and you're looking now at Brandywine, I you know last year it was pretty much okay, we, we stopped six, we're good. Yep. That that's out the door. Because there is now – there's way too many weapons now on your football team from an opponent scouting standpoint to look at. The one touchdown pass from Reith to Nylon that fade, yeah. what a beautiful pass that was.
3: Oh, um, it's unbelievable. And I think really uh, that's one of the big things that I think is different from this year's team and last year's team um, is, you know, Owen did a phenomenal job. And realistically looking back, you know, seeing what Owen brought to the table – I probably should have just put us in an eye formation and said, we're just going to run the eye. We're going to run power gap, you know, gap down, kick out, um, and just keep things nice and easy. Um, But just like you had mentioned before too, in in one of the podcasts or uh, one of the broadcasts of the game, excuse me. um, You know, the fact that we had an entire off season to work with Caden Reith, and, you know, he took it seriously. He worked on his throwing uh, I mean, he threw the ball so much that he, I loaned him a ball to throw. And then, you know, him and his dad called me up like, Hey, can we get a new ball? We popped this one. Yep. He threw it so much that he, he blew the bladder out of the thing. Um, but he's just, he worked so hard to be effective. And it's funny. Cause I know one of the moms had posted a picture of the guy standing on the sideline for the national Anthem. You forget, you know, he's, he's five foot, nothing, a hundred, nothing. And he is just tough as nails. He is one of the toughest kids on that, on that field. Um, and I think that, you know, even in the huddle when sometimes the guys get a little squirrely as they are wont to do, um, you know, he does a really good job of reeling them in. He, The, the kids listen to him. Uh, and I think, too, he understands. Uh, like, there's one time uh, at the Kasapos game, I had called something to go on, too. We were trying to draw him off sides. And he checked in the huddle. Him and Carter Sebecki checked in the huddle. They're like, oh, they're gassed. We don't need to go on, too. Let's just run it right down their throat. Like, he's got a frame of mind. He's got the the the, the – the sort of understanding of what we're trying to do. Um, and I think it really does all start with with him and just being able to have a whole offseason. It really it makes you wonder, like, if we had had Owen in – you know, May of last year, what could right. we have done with him in, in three or four months? Um, but then, like you said, as far as all these weapons go, um, one of the big things that Coach Kinsey's going to have to get used to is I used to be a big, like, I, I'm not a big believer in 50-50 balls. I don't like putting it up there. You know, I the old Bo Schembechler. There's three things that happen when you pass. Two of them are bad. Uh, but I think that Nyland showed us that with these guys, I and mean, even with, with, I think it was Jameer that had the, uh, uh, Jameer had the reception on the little slant right across the field. Um But, I mean, we can put 50-50 balls in these guys' directions, and they're just so athletic that they'll turn it into a not 50-50 ball. Um, So we're going to do some more things to try to find a way to get them isolated. I don't think there's a whole lot of teams that are going to try to one-on-one them. Um, But, you know, we're going to try to find a way to get these guys isolated out in space. And if we can't, then that means they've only got five or six guys in the box, which means 26 is going to have a field day. Uh, It really does open up a lot of things for us, and I know – uh, last week we saw with uh, Caden Warfield, obviously that cast has given him fits. Uh, we had him practice with it on a little bit more, so that way he could get some reps for what it's going to feel like. Um, obviously, I know we, we put some balls in his direction that without that cast, he's, he's coming down with 100% of the time. Uh, so we had to get him involved a little bit more in the run game versus the throwing game, which is nice because with the Hoopers out, you know, now we can throw to them and we can hand off to one. Um, it is, it's, it's really cool. And I think probably the, the biggest part of all of that is the fact that they truly don't care who gets the yardage. Like if, if Sebeki runs for 30 yards one day, he doesn't care. He truly doesn't care as long as they win, as long as everybody's out there eating. Um, and it's just, it's really cool to, to be in a setting like that. Cause I've definitely, I've been in the settings before where, you know, you've got kids that are letting you know, Hey, I've only touched the ball two times this game. You know, and, and these guys truly don't care about it. And that's, I mean, that's selfless, love-based football, and that's
1: the thing that's going to really drive this team forward. And then you have the Palmer Twins. Okay. These two, if you know them personally, very shy, reserved young men. Oh, yeah. Not very <clears throat> vocal at all. I think you can can contest in trying to get them to come out for football. They were probably the last two. That maybe we're willing to like okay let's try this. And now now they're out, they're playing defense mostly yep. up till now. Might see a little different change here here in the in the future. But the physicality that them two and I know we talked about this last week. The physicality that they've come out mm-hmm. and and they've never played. And I I know I mentioned this you know probably in last week's show as well. But it just blows me away. That neither one of these two played since Rocket football. Yeah,
3: literally since Rocket.
1: And for them, the physicality that they come out right out of the shoe, it just it amazes yeah. me.
3: No, and, you know, Cassopolis completed two passes the entire game. They were both swing passes, and they were both for a loss. So they had a net negative six yards passing. And that's just because... You know, those guys, what we were doing is we were passing off that one, and then we were having the corner break on the little swing from number two. And, I mean, my gosh, if you're watching our film, uh, I don't think there's a lot of teams that are going to test us with those little swing passes because it's a matter of time until those kids either, A, you know, come up with one and make it a house call and go the other way, or what's going to happen is, you know, those receivers, the way that those kids are coming down, the way that Jameer and Jeremiah are coming down and hitting in the flats, you know, those guys, as that ball's in the air, they're going to be looking over their shoulder to see where 13 and 23 are at. Uh, but it is, it's it's its been awesome. And I think, too, that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to let them have a little bit of fun. Um, I know right before the game, uh, one of the Palmers came and was like, hey, if we score, can we dunk the football on the goalpost? <laughs> and I stopped. I was like, no, you can't uh depends on the game situation if it's like 14 to zero I'll take the 15 yards if we're up big don't do it but like I'm trying to just like listen man these guys are you know seniors in high school they haven't played in forever they're out there with their buddies we've even got Byron Lindley is out there helping us as a manager he's charting all my plays for me it's like we got these guys out here they're having a great time like I gotta let these guys just have fun I gotta let them have fun I gotta let the energy flow Um,
1: but it, it is it's been a lot of fun
3: having them out there
1: Unlike last week, in in week one, I think uh, this week we came out pretty clean injury wise.
3: Correct? Yeah, we came out little bumps and bruises here and there. I know like Santana tweaked his knee. Uh, We we ended up, you know, I'm excited. Our JV managed to get in for two drives, um, which is awesome because just you know we want to get that experience. You know, these guys, um, you know, a lot of these guys with no no youth football for years and years and years. you know, these guys have no football experience there, so we want to get them, you know, get them out in the field on the Friday night lights or Thursday night lights as they were. Uh, so our, our, our JV fullback, Chase Kidman, got binged up a little bit, but he's, you know, he's rolling with it. He understands. He's like, so basically being a fullback is just like pain. Yeah. yeah it's basically, that's basically it. That's your job. though. But he's doing a good job of it. Uh, but other than those two guys we did, we managed to come out pretty healthy.
1: Okay. So we're on the win. We got the dub on the board. We're one and one. Uh, hey, we get to play a home game now. Yes. We get to come home and have our first home game of the season. <laughs> one with, of three. Uh, friendly confines of Selge Field. Um, but we got an improved Saugatuck team that's coming in. Obviously beat Buchanan in week one, so yeah. you got, obviously that you got to take note to that. Yeah. Um, what do we see in Saugatuck compared to – I know you and I talked today earlier mm-hmm. in practice, but tell our listeners uh, – you know, what we might see differently than what we saw last year.
3: Yeah, so they're tough and physical, um, and I still think, you know, people forget, too. You know, that game, you know, it looks like it was 21-7, I think, was the final score. Uh, but, I mean, for those of us that were there, it was, you know, any any given play, where one missed tackle away from them taking it 60 for, for a touchdown, that's what that, that straight T does for you. Um, But I think that, you know, again, with last year, they had injuries in game. They had kids that got knocked out of the game that were difference makers for them. And if those guys were still on the field playing for all 48 minutes, it could have been a very different result last year. And so this is definitely, I think you know, obviously this is not a shot to any other teams on our schedule, but I think that we recognize that this is probably going to be one of the most physical games we play just because these guys are, you know, they, they'll run that fullback gut at you, take three yards, say, thank you, line up and run it again. Um, and so it's just, it, it's, we've got to be mentally disciplined because these guys will take what you give them. Um, they're patient. They'll march down the field three yards at a time, just like we've always done. Uh, it, it's definitely, it's going to be a knockdown, drag out fight. Um, they definitely look very strong, and it's just that that straight T offense is it's a pain in the butt. It's it's definitely <laughs> it's it's fun to prepare for, um, but we just we got to execute. It's definitely going to be, you know, our defense is a spill it and kill it defense, and that's what we got to do is we just have to take away all the gaps, make sure we're squeezing gaps, staying disciplined inside, and then feeding everything to the outside where we can either tackle it or force it out of
1: bounds. Well, as a coach, a lot of times, sometimes we as coaches like. We like road games because I think it kind of helps just naturally keep the kids focused, mm-hmm. um, you know, because sometimes when you have them home games, you know, they'll tend to, you know, not not necessarily take it less seriously, but a little bit more maybe screw, goofing yeah. off goes into effect. But when you start the season, first two on the road, it's definitely going to be nice to have a home game. Um, and especially now, school started, so we yeah. should have a rocking House there at Selge Field be good, yeah. on Friday, and I'm glad it's going to be 70 degrees. So we,
3: yes. have, we have the all black uniforms, and we're not wearing them in 97 degree yes. heat index.
1: That'll be nice. Which, by the way, before we get into our last segment, I um, I talked to our junior high kids today, and obviously we're start. You know, we just started last week, and you know, last week it was all about conditioning. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and having them running gassers. You know, and and a couple of them, you know, <coughs> making a little deposits in the grass, if you know what I mean, and. Yeah. And so I asked him today, I said, hey, I said, how many of you guys watched the TCU Colorado game? And probably about two-thirds of them raised their hands. I said, did you see how hot it was? I said, "If for anything else, I said, I, I don't care less about with the whole hype of, of Coach Prime and all that. I said, the thing that got me the most was they were in Texas. It was like 115 on that field. I said, did you guys happen to notice how fast that both teams, both teams, ran the fastest no huddles that I've ever seen yep. up and down the field. I said, those guys, I mean, if you're not conditioned, because like I tell them, I'm like, when you're not conditioned and once you get tired, your will to compete is out the door. You're yep. not you're not focusing on blocking the guy in front of you or tackling the guy in front of you or or getting a first down, whether you're a running back or a quarterback. All you're thinking about when you're tired is, I want to get off the field. I want to get water. I don't I just don't want to be playing football. Your will to compete goes away when you're tired, and that's the benefit of being in super, in condition and those two teams, especially I, mean, I firmly believe that's a huge reason why Colorado was victorious because they were in so much better shape.
3: Oh, absolutely. And I think that's the old Vince Lombardi fatigue makes cowards of us all, and it is. It's true, and that's you know, the same thing like we preach hydration, you know, when, you know, we're so focused on making these guys hydrate. It's like, listen, guys, like if you're hydrated, you perform. If you're not hydrated, you won't perform. You know, you don't want to be out there on the field for 48 minutes sucking wind and gas for two and a half quarters of it. You want to be able to play at, at, at your best ability. And we have a lot of two-way players. we got a lot of guys that don't come off the field. And I know even at the uh, at the JV level, you know, a lot of our kids don't come off the field. I was laughing. My son is a freshman on the JV team, and he played every snap. It never came off the field, not for special teams, offense, defense, whatever. And he was even like, you know, wow, Dad, I, I, I feel like I'm a lot more conditioned than I thought I was. Like, yeah, as long as you guys – the key is for cramping, and I'm a big believer, uh, you know, I'm a big feed the cats guy. I'm a big believer that the number one cause of, of cramps isn't just hydration and conditioning. It's the idea that when you're in practice and you have guys that don't go max effort, you have guys that, you know, it's, it's always the, 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 the stereotypical, there was running backs and wide receivers that go about 80%, and then they sprint the last one so that they look good. Um, you know, if you don't go max effort and then all of a sudden you get into a game where you're just max effort on every snap, that's when all of a sudden you get that, that muscle fatigue kicking in. Um, and so I think like you said, it's, you got to condition, you got to sprint the kids, got to sprint the kids, you got to make them jump. You got to make them change direction and you got to convince them that just taking care of their body, going to bed before 2:30 in the morning, making sure that they're, when you wake up in the morning, we have free breakfast at Brandywine. Come on in, grab breakfast, like eat something, take care of your bodies. Um, but you're right, you could see by the end of the game, Colorado just, TCU couldn't run with them, could
1: not run with them. Well, before we go, um, we forgot to talk about this last week, and I wanted to make sure um, one thing that has finally returned to Brandywine is youth football, specifically Pop Warner. Huge turnout, a lot of numbers. Yep. Um, let us tell our audience how the Pop Warner is doing. There are two weeks in the books as well.
3: Yeah, it's fantastic. So, you know, obviously we are – we haven't had Pop Warner in forever um, or we haven't had youth football in forever. And so we went with Pop Warner just to kind of offer something different. Um, it has a really, really hard academic component where, you know, these guys, if you're a third grader and you're getting Fs, they don't let you play. You have to take care of grades, which, of course, you know, that's – when you get to the high school, it's the same thing. Like, you know, trying to teach these kids at, you know, in eighth grade, ninth grade to all of a sudden start caring about their grades – It forces them to focus on their grades right now. Um, and I like, too, that what it does is it's so we've been there are there aren't any Pop Warner teams in our area in Michigan. There's like Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo. So we're competing with the Northern Indiana Pop Warner. We're a part of that association. So we're on the field and we've played so far this year Portage, which is a high school of nearly 2000 kids. It's a duneland school, Valparaiso duneland school, uh, Laporte duneland school. So like here's this little school, you know, 350 kids in the middle of Niles Township, you know, tucked behind a big lots. And we're going up to the Duneland competing against these uh, these these kids from big communities, and it's been it's been awesome because the kids are having a great time. Uh, the kids are learning. Um, I, I know too. Like I, I, one of the parents mentioned that at Wings et cetera on Sunday after the game, there were a bunch of people here in Valpo Green, and I was like, "That's awesome! Like we get to show off our little community next week." I'm actually going to like give some restaurant suggestions over the loudspeaker for parents to help kind of spread a little bit of money around the township. Um, but it, it's it's awesome, and I think from a coaching standpoint. You know, we can see that our 6U six, our six team, which is, you know, the, the little, little kid team, is our most competitive team. I think it was 13 to 12 um, going into halftime with Valpo. And then as you get up to the older groups, the teams got slightly less competitive. And, you know, that's where we've been talking about, you know, we have had middle school kids. We've had teams of 7th and 8th graders going to take the field against Dewajac and and Springs, and these kids have been playing football in Rockets since they were 6, and our kids are playing tackle football for the first time ever. You know, it's just getting these kids to A, fall in love with football, And then B, like learn the fundamentals, Um, you know, even just from an aspect of with with being a live tackling and live blocking league, um, you know, it's hard to take a 15 year old who's never tackled before and convince them why they should go step in front and form up on a six foot, 215 pound running back. It's easy to get some little six, you know, six year old and say, hey, go tackle that guy because it's fun. It's exciting. Um, But it was really awesome. It was great to see the turnout. We had a ton of people. We had uh, Valpo and Laporte were both here last week. Uh, We host again this weekend. I'm not sure the teams. I have to check the schedule. But it's just been, it's been exciting. It's been awesome, you know, as this this sport has given me everything that I have, you know, my, my, my life, my family, my career. You know, I owe everything to this sport. And so anything I can do to grow this sport, as we see other communities and other schools that are, you know, going to 8-man or JV only, you know, I mean, like just like you know, Hartford, our Week 9 opponent, you know, they're bigger than we are, and two two years in a row they're JV only. You know, so anything we can do to promote this sport, here, within Southwest Michigan, is a good thing—not just for us, but for everybody. Uh, but it's been—it's been awesome. I'm really excited about
1: it. Well, Coach, congrats on the dub, two and zero against Cass, and best of luck to you this week as you get to have your first home game—the whole home experience—and against Sagatuck. And we will be talking about hopefully another Bobcat dub uh, a week ago, a week from tonight here at Wings. Hopefully. And uh, best of luck to you this week. Looking forward to staying at home, no road trip. No, that'll be nice. Although Uh, we got a road trip, going to Cass isn't too bad because that means we go to Porky's for Mojos. But still, that's beside the point. Yes, but it it will be nice. We won't be under the gun. We kind of, kind of, it's it is kind of nice where you can just kind of kind of take a deep breath on a Friday night, like once works out and stuff. Like you're not constantly like on the go and like in a constant, you know. hurry to you know to get from here to there and then to here there and so it will be it just we can kind of step back and take a little bit of a deep breath this week at home but we got a football game to play
3: a heck of a football game too that's a really good team that's coming here and we got to take care of business
1: thanks coach we'll see you next week appreciate it thanks so much for having me go cats Coach Kinsey of the Brandywine Bobcats. We'll take a break. We'll come back and talk with Coach Saul about the Niles Vikings' tough loss to Lakeshore right after this. Coach's Corner live at Wings Etc. right here on RC Sportscasting. We'll be right back.
0: When it comes to wings, everyone knows size does matter. No one knows it better than Wings Etc. Grill & Pub in Niles. Wings Etc. has the biggest, meatiest, award-winning jumbo wings in town. Choose from a wide selection of signature wing sauces, including our crazy hot habanero wall sauce. If you love wings and a whole lot more, come to Wings Etc. Niles to watch your favorite sports all year long. Wings Etc. Niles, official game fuel for high school sports. Find us at 2008 South 11th Street in Niles or online at WingsETC.com.
1: All right, and welcome back live here at Wings, et cetera. Uh, we do not have Coach Kinsey, or excuse me, Coach Shaw in person. As I said in the open, they actually had practice from uh, tonight, actually, while we're doing the show um, to get out of the heat. But I did have a chance um, to talk to Coach Shaw earlier today over the telephone, and this is what he had to say. And we are joined now by the Head coach of the Niles Vikings, Scott Shaw, uh, via telephone as he is going to beat the heat today as he's actually um, starting practice actually as we speak. So we recorded this interview earlier today on the phone. Coach Shaw, how are we doing today? And first off, happy Labor Day.
4: Yeah, happy Labor Day to you. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, You know, we've always said during uh, football season it's labor on Labor Day for us. Uh, kind of not a day off, but you got to kind of plan it out Uh, around kids' uh, schedules and when they're getting back in town and and things like that. So, yeah, we went late today just to beat the heat and to make sure everybody got back.
1: Yeah, kind of a double whammy today with both, uh, obviously, with the holiday and, as you said, the heat. And um, I'm sure coaches will most really will look forward to, I think, next week when you actually have a full traditional week where, you're going to be in school all five days, and your games are going to be on Friday nights for the rest of the for the rest of the journey for the, the season. That's got to be a lot less stressful for you and your coaching staff in preparation.
4: Oh, oh yeah, you know it, it it is really strange the first few weeks here in Michigan with games all over the place and schools starting at different times, and uh, you really do uh, get thrown off of your routine and things that you had set during. During uh, preseason, but uh, uh, yeah, it's going to be nice to get back and everybody playing on Friday and everybody uh, has five days and, uh, you know, just get into our routine that we have throughout the season. It's going to be really nice. Well,
1: it was a roller coaster week for you last week, Coach, as you guys coming off the big high of with a huge win over St. Joe in week one and then getting um, preparing to go to Lakeshore to take on the Lancers and kind of renew. Um, A rivalry that we talked about last week wasn't really for sure. If today's kids really kind of got the, the rivalry between Niles and Lakeshore. Um, and then the game itself played out on Friday night, which was take both teams. I mean, it was one hell of a game to watch. If you're just a, a fan of the game of football, I don't think you could have had a better game to just watch as, fur- as far as pure entertainment and, and just for the love of the game. But unfortunately, the Vikings came out short as Lakeshore scored late. And they decided to go for two for the win versus two or versus the extra point to send it in the overtime, and they were successful in that and defeating Niles by the score of fifteen to fourteen heartbreaking loss um I guess my first question is is how was the kids right after the game in the locker room?
4: Well, obviously they were disappointed and and uh uh you know down a little bit you know we some of them felt they could have done a little bit more, and some of them felt that uh uh, you know, just that uh, it, it was a bad place to be. You know, anytime you lose, uh, you know, you you got to be careful what you say immediately after a game because, uh, uh, you know, things kind of stick with it. But I, I think they were okay. And, and Saturday morning when we watched the film, I think they were okay and they understood that uh, that we when we told them the great thing about the, pre, the regular season as opposed to playoffs is you can lose and now you can still look ahead. Uh, you know, so we turned our focus uh, Saturday morning, right right ahead to uh, Three Rivers, and uh, got, uh, uh, you know, had had some great uh, conversations about that. We had some great conversations, watched a film on Lakeshore, and
0: uh, you know, our
4: our kids have been very good all along about seeing uh, things that on film that they've done that uh, you know we say that we need to improve upon. Uh, they've taken that to heart, and they uh, all along, and, and uh, I, I'm sure that this will be uh, no different. As we pointed out, thanks Saturday morning, that you know we need to improve on and, and uh, uh, certain things. I, the one thing I will say uh, about that game Friday night is it's the, uh, it, it's been a while since uh, we've been involved in such a physical game like that. I mean, our kids are physical. Uh, their kids played physical, and it was uh, no place for the uh, faint of heart to be uh, last Thursday night up at Lakeshore. Well, I
1: think, like as I said, anybody that's a fan of football has got to like that aspect from the physicality. Um, it sounds like, too, also from talking to people, it was a game really where um, statistically Niles really had, I wouldn't say had their way, but you guys won the game probably on the stat board. But as we all know, the only stat that counts is the, is the scoreboard you also had a touchdown that was taken back. Would you want to talk about that a little bit?
4: Well, yeah, we had uh, we had what we, well, we feel. You know, coaches are always going to say this, and people are always going to say this, but uh, I truly feel that we had two drives that we should have scored on where we shot ourselves in the foot, once with a fumble, and uh, with the, uh, which was big, and one uh, with a holding call uh, that put us back where we had scored we were, that would put us down about on the three and then we couldn't recover. Uh, it put us back. And then we, I think we might've gotten another call, uh, at that point too. So, uh, it was just those, those that types of things that we talked about that, uh, we can't let happen to us. Uh, you know, those are kind of unforced errors at that point, And, uh, um, you know, we wanted to make, uh, it, if you get beat, you want somebody to actually, you know, beat you. And, and, uh, I, we felt uh, as coaches that uh, we probably let it slip away and we gave it away as far as uh, what, uh, uh, what, but you know, they give them credit. I mean, they played hard and, you know, with uh, what was the one about two minutes to go. Uh, they hit us with a long pass downfield and uh, you know, they uh, went for the right, they went for the two point, which I, I thought was the right decision. You know, it's uh, I, I think in overtime we, uh, we win in overtime just because of the way that we were, we were, um, controlling the ball. And, uh, we, we had there in the second half, I think we had about five yards anytime we wanted it at halftime. We said we were going to simplify things. We just start running, um, right up the middle. You know, we ran our triple, we ran our dive, we ran our, uh, belly stuff up in the front where the fullbacks get the, uh, brunt of the carries there. And, uh, yeah, we I, I think uh, at one time we we were averaging five six plays, uh, or five or six yards of, uh, a, a carry, uh, all the way down the field. So, uh, and one of those ended up with that fumble that I talked about earlier that that we should have scored on. And, um, but I the the drive that put us ahead, we uh, we did the same thing. So, you know, we we actually I thought controlled the line of scrimmage and controlled. Uh, the things that we wanted to do uh and uh we just you know just it's high school football we didn't get it done.
1: talk about the uh, what actually did happen on the touchdown that was called back
4: well, I don't think we ever had i i I don't think we ever got it in I thought it got down to about the two or the three uh you know we uh, it, it wouldn't it wasn't in yet, but there was no doubt that we could have put it in uh so was in, it in was mix. it
1: actually ruled a touchdown or was it was this maybe just maybe a, a misprint in the in the media because I read that you you guys literally had scored and had a touchdown nullified off of a penalty.
4: No, well no, I I don't uh, So there no, never it, the, there the, never
1: actually was an official touchdown called by the official on this play that we're talking no, about. No. Okay.
4: No, we got it we got it down to about the two uh and would have had a first down. And uh, uh you know, maybe that's what people were talking about. That they just uh, and, and you know, I couldn't tell it. Ha- it happened fast, so. uh, but uh, no, there was no uh, no signal given as far as I could see. So,
1: you know, obviously we were doing calling the Brandywine game, and you know, we're getting scoreboard updates, and it's seven to seven. It's seven to seven. It's seven to seven. I'm like, maybe we lost our feed, or maybe somebody isn't forgetting to report. But then I, I got. A hold of somebody's like, no, it's still seven to seven. And I think that just goes back to talking about the physicality um of this football game and, and a lot of defense. Cause I mean, looking at like the, the college game college games this week and in particular the Colorado TCU game, I mean, yes, that was exciting to watch and especially with everything with Coach Sanders, but for the love of defense, there was none. Um right. so I mean In some aspects, I think if you're a fan of football, I think you like to see also the games that you had, where it's just it's a war the it's you know it's a war in the trenches and just see who wants to who wants it the most, and it really just it literally came down to one play and that was the two point conversion.
4: Right. Yeah, it did, and uh, you know we uh, we just came up. He just got it in barely by about six inches. Uh, So we you know. Uh, if it's a game of inches, like you say, then, uh, you know, we lost by six inches. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, it, it, the nice thing is, you know, it, it, it was good for Lakeshore. It was a good atmosphere. It was a great atmosphere for high school football that uh, uh, on game night. I mean, that was loud. Uh, they had that music going, uh, at a deafening, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, decimal, a point, And, uh, uh, they, uh, uh, you know the the refs uh uh love uh I, I don't know I I should probably say this but they they had their holding flags out and uh, we are throwing them so uh you know it's it's hard to believe that uh uh I well, it it's difficult for me to believe that a team that runs straight at you has so many holding calls but uh we did so
1: we talked last week about the rivalry and and that Maybe that some of these kids on today's team may not quite appreciate it as much as past, but with the likes of you've got assistant coach Danny Brawley, who used to be the head coach here at Niles. You've got another assistant in Lonnie Jones, who was a player in this rivalry. You also have another um, assistant in, in Dave Landon and Mike Nate, who know all about Lakeshore. But now I think now that they've experienced what they experienced, on Friday night, I think that kind of sets things up because obviously you guys are going to get them at home next year, correct? And that might, and then I think that might've, if you needed a little push to get the the players themselves into what Niles Lakeshore means, I think you got that from this game last Friday.
4: Well, yeah, just from step for me personally, just from the standpoint that we lost this year, uh, you know, you want to get it back, uh, get it back the next. And uh, you know, the, 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 I did find out throughout the week uh, just how big a rivalry this once was, and how uh, how it looks like it's coming back, and uh, you know, just uh, and those things are good. Those things are good for communities. Those things are good for oh, absolutely uh, uh, things as long as they're treated, you know, with the respect that they uh, that they that they deserve. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's a big it's big time football.
1: Absolutely, I mean, and that's. Um, you know, when, when you talk about rivalries around this area, uh, you know, Niles is really included in two of. Them. I mean, obviously, the biggest is with them and Dewajak that finally has been, um, you know, that got somewhat renewed, and then of course, then Dewajak got back out of the conference, and that was in, actually in the Lakeland conference with, with Buchanan and Brandywine now. Um, so hopefully, you know, I know. Your athletic director Matt Brawley, I know he's going to do his best to try to keep this non-conference thing going with Lakeshore, and and um, you know, and hopefully too, you know, time to time have a non-conference game with Dewajac.
4: Right. Well, you know, and, and the other thing that it does is uh, you know it, it establishes for all program a sense of uh, competitiveness. Uh, you know, when I was at Three Rivers, we started getting really good. I mean, we were good but we started uh, jumping forward uh, a little bit better when we start playing better teams up front in the non-conference portion. Like we played Lowell and Grand Rapids and you know, We got as many of those uh, teams, you know, in those first two games that uh, we could get so that we would know what it would feel like to play, you know, uh, and I hesitate to say better competition, but just competition that's going to come in and they're going to they're gonna hit you, they're going to execute, they're going to do the things uh, – uh, the way that you uh, want to defend them and the way that you want to play against them, and and those were the two reasons why, uh, or the big reasons why we went ahead and scheduled St. Joe and uh, Lake Shore, so we could play, uh, play up, so to speak. We're Division Four, they're Division Three, and uh, you know, we wanted to play uh, uh some good teams with tradition and and uh, great coaching and uh, discipline and and uh, things like that. So, and I think we got. I think we got that. Uh, we didn't get to win against both of them, but I think uh, uh, we got what we wanted as far as uh, what we wanted to see so we could uh, be prepared to head into our conference schedule and hopefully beyond.
1: Yeah, I mean, because when you talk about that, you know, especially looking ahead, not to assume, but to look ahead if, if and when you guys qualify and you make the playoffs and, and you play a playoff game, yes, your conference, but... It doesn't do you any any good, probably, you know, playing the likes of you know of a of a smaller school that you're going to beat sixty five to nothing versus playing the likes of Lakeshore. That's only even though yes, it's a loss, but still that's going to better prepare you for the playoffs, you know, coming in right. in late October.
4: Right, and I've always been a big proponent you, is you have to see things in order to experience it. Uh, I, I think that's you know we saw we, we saw uh, no huddle. We saw uh, you know guys on both ways uh, against st joe we saw uh you know a big offensive line against Lakeshore. we saw you know a decent quarterback a great running back uh, you know uh guys that, that were going to put it in the air and throw so you know we saw those things uh and we'll see them we'll see them yet in our conference as well i mean they're good teams here uh i don't mean to say that they're not but i'm saying that uh you you i think you hit the nail on the head we wanted to play somebody competitive rather than playing somebody who's going to finish with two or three wins. So, even
1: though the long, I mean, go ahead, coach.
4: Yeah, I, and and I didn't mean that to slight anybody that we would play. I'm just saying that uh, we wanted to play we wanted to play uh, a better comp, a competitive schedule, I think, or a higher oh. class, and, and to help us with the playoffs as well. So, absolutely. I mean, two years ago we. Two years ago, we finished five or uh, uh, four, and we didn't make it because we played lower classification of teams. And uh, we and and, and and again, and Doajack and Buchanan. And uh, uh, this way, by playing the, the bigger teams, you get more playoff points, and uh, you know, it, it just helps all the way around. It does, and then,
1: honestly, it doesn't. It doesn't matter either. It, it it applies really to to almost all sports because. I look at that in basketball. Obviously at Brandywine, basketball is, is running rampant right now with both on the both boys and girls side and, and you look at um, you know Coach Josh Hood for the girls, he's always done that. I mean and this is like you said, there's no disrespect, but it's much better um, for our girls program to maybe go up against a Lakeshore or a, a class A type school and maybe lose by five, ten points. We're gonna learn a lot more than that versus blowing out River Valley by, by sixty. Um, and sure, and you, and you look sure. at our boys' program last year. Our last three regular season basketball games um, before the tournament started was against Niles, Edwardsburg, and Lakeshore. Two out of those three were on the road, so those boys were well battle tested, playing higher division, more qualified teams, and it just better prepared them to go into the tournament.
4: Right, right. Even though the and wa- I, I think that that's that's a perfect explanation of it right there. So.
1: Despite the loss, coach, what players stood out from last Thursday night for you guys?
4: Well, I thought our fullbacks, uh, despite two fumbles from uh, from them, uh, you know, played very, very well. They ran hard. Uh, our offensive line uh, executed well. I mean, they they, uh, uh, they they owned they owned the line of scrimmage. I think, uh, uh, but. Uh, you know, they uh, they played very, very well. They played very physical. Uh, I think Callum Brawley had a great game. Uh he threw for a touchdown pass and uh ran for about fifty yards on, on crucial uh crucial downs where we moved the sticks. Uh, and you know, Brendan Brendan uh, Olson ran some great routes and caught some balls. You know, defensively I think that uh uh Julian Means flew well in. We we moved him uh, uh changed his position not not what necessarily what he does but uh just uh uh in in a coverage aspect and he played he played very well so uh you know it's uh and our linebackers Alex Cole played well Paul uh Hess and Caden Gerard, but they, they all played well our guys up front you know most of the time did okay you know so uh, you know and, 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 and it's not like we played poorly uh it's just that uh you know when you play when you play better teams, the margin of error is less, and uh, you have to make plays. We we always tell our kids this that there are four or five plays in a football game that make a difference. Oh, for sure. And uh, the the problem is you don't know when those four or five plays are going to be. Right. So you have to play every single play like it's one of those. And uh, if you do, then uh, you know the chances are very good that you're going to get. Four or five, six of those uh, to turn to turn your way, and uh, you know the the problem is when you when you compound those with unforced errors like fumbles and uh, penalties, uh, then uh, uh, you know it, it, it kind of takes away from those four or five plays there, and it kind of evens up, and uh, we just didn't have enough positive plays versus negative plays in order to win the game, and uh, hopefully we we don't see that again
1: before we talk about this upcoming week uh real quick how did our jv fare
4: uh, our jvs uh, lost by one uh to lakeshore uh, they, they played well uh lakeshore's jvs played well it was a good game it was a good jv good jv game uh, and uh you know it's uh, our, our kids are getting better every week and Hopefully, uh, you know, they're going to – because a lot of those kids are going to gonna have to play when they move up. But we're looking forward to having them.
1: I think that's a, an attestment really to both programs because for me, coaching for the last 10 years at the varsity level, that's one thing that normally, for the most part, normally JV contests are, are normally one-sided because normally one program is, is much shorthanded where they're depleted and from a JV standpoint to where all their good athletes are plucked up to the varsity level – um, it's very rare that you actually get a close, competitive JV football game. So that's just a testament to both you and Lakeshore and your and your respective programs for sure.
4: Right. They're, you know, our, our kids, uh, there, there are several kids. I'm sure there are several kids on both teams uh, last week that, uh, on both JV teams that we, we have uh, some sophomores up that we have up uh, for depth and they're playing. I mean, you know, we we have we still got about six eight sophomores playing uh, that normally would be playing, you know, JV wise, and then that would make them pretty good there. But you know, as it as it turns out, they're making us pretty good <laughs> on Friday nights rather than Thursday nights. So, uh, well, this you one... know, it's just uh, it's just tough sometimes on on the young kids.
1: Well, this week the good news is you're back home uh, at your brand new field at Niles at Viking Stadium, um, but you do have a very tough opponent coming in, a, an opponent that you're very familiar with, as you not you got to play them not once but twice last year, um, including the opening round of the playoffs where you pretty much lit it up against Three Rivers, and I, I obviously I know they have not forgotten that they've probably have used that as their kind of. Uh, Fuel to the fire as well for their off season. So I know that the Wildcats are are going to be fired up to come into Niles, and and obviously very personal on your level for you coaching there for so long. Not only that, but also winning a state championship. So I know this game. You, you can say whatever you want, but this game is very has a lot of personal meaning with you.
4: Yeah, it does. You know, I and mean, uh, uh, <clears throat> especially the first year because I was going nice to seeing those guys again and. Everything you know, a few of those coaches uh, played for me, uh, and Travis Roar and and uh, some of those guys. But uh, uh, and and now some of the uh, uh, kids playing, their dads. Uh, there probably, I think last year there was probably six or seven uh, kids on their team. Their dads played for me, so uh, it, it was kind of cool. It's kind of cool uh, seeing that and kind of cool talking to them. You know, hey, tell you that I said, hey. So your dad, I said hi. And uh and things. But uh yeah, it's uh I, I think now though, it's uh you know, there's so many new things. I mean new coaches over there, new, new kids. Uh I am very well and happily entrenched in, in coaching miles. so you know, it becomes it becomes more of just another game, uh, except for the fans that, you know, you see in the stands and maybe say hi to after the game. But uh, uh you know, we're 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 going to be we're going to start today preparing and uh, physically for that. We prepared as coaches. We prepared mentally, and uh, they they present some problems and uh, you know and some opportunities. So, uh, you know, hopefully, we'll uh, find the right mix here to go uh, at our place and get a win.
1: Well, obviously, it's going to be two very good football teams. What does uh, Three Rivers bring to you schematically? Well, they uh, have been
4: uh, kind of spreading it out, throwing it around in front uh, I think the new guy there likes to line up in the eye a little bit more than Jay did. But uh, uh, I think that, uh, uh, you know, they're, they, their quarterback is a three-year starter. Uh, and he uh, uh, zipped us last year for a few touchdowns in, in both the regular season and the playoff games. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's one of the most accurate kids that I've seen. Uh, as a quarterback uh, in high school. So, uh, you know, he throws well. He runs well. Uh, he, he, they try to run the option. I'm not sure that's their strong point, but uh, uh, I, I know they, they throw it downfield. You know, the receivers that they have aren't good athletes. Usually they're pretty fast. Uh, I don't know. I, and I know they lost their best one uh, in, in uh, uh, the Brown kid last year. Uh, and then another kid moved away. So uh, it's hard to tell what they have. Defensively, they run a totally different scheme. Uh, I know they got an Evans – the Jace Evans kid is uh, – uh, he, he's a player. He runs to the ball well, and, and uh, you know, he's pretty physical as a linebacker. Uh, so, you know, it's just uh, – that's why you line them up. That's why you play them. And, and uh, uh, once the game starts, you forget who's who until afterwards. You know, you just – your coach against the position, your coach against, you know, coach against the game, where are they they lining up and what do we need to do to move the ball, where are they lining up and what do we need to do to stop the ball. Uh, And hopefully we can get those done on both sides.
1: Well, Coach, best of luck to you. Um, I'm also happy to announce that we plan on being there Friday to broadcast the game on rcsportscasting.com as Andy Stuver and Bob Birch. Um, will be the voice of the Vikings, and I know we did not do the first two games. We were waiting to see what was going on um, with the other network, um, and I'm not even going to get into that. But my guys, Andy and Bob, they're both Niles graduates. They're really fired up about your program, and regardless, they want to broadcast Niles football. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna prevent them from doing that. We can all share the press box, and everybody get. Um. Everybody can get along under one roof. It will be no problem. So, um, we will actually That's also we will great. also be Good there. So, for all of you Niles Viking fans out there, we will have the game broadcasted live right here on RCSportscasting.com. Coach, thank you so much for taking time this afternoon on Labor Day, um, and and still doing this interview. And I, like I said, I know you got. Um, practice to attend to so thank you very much best of luck to you friday against three rivers and we will see you back in person uh, on a normal traditional week next monday here at wings etc
4: appreciate it rob thanks a lot
1: thank you and thank you coach shaw for that and that's going to wrap things up here for week two here at wings etc for Coach's corner want to wish everybody a happy labor day as uh, we will get ready for week three, and we'll be back next Monday to talk to all three of our coaches. Until then, uh, best of luck to all of our teams, and we will see you live here at Wings Etc. for Coach's Corner in the RC Sportscasting Podcast. So long, everybody.
0: For the best in high school sports, RC Sportscasting.